0: This is episode 62 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 62 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast and I hope you are enjoying your time at home with family and friends and making the best of this time. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people who are trying to make this time productive and whether that be creating a social media presence, whether that be studying your areas better, there's always something you can do to be ready to take advantage of an opportunity when it comes. Please keep in mind that when times are tough, those are the times where people actually tend to get really, really wealthy. If you're in a position now to take advantage of an opportunity, it might just come along right now I'm patiently waiting and watching the market I'm learning more about what's going on and I will certainly be making offers on properties if I see an opportunity to buy something that I'd be happy to keep for 20 years plus Uh, that would be my main caveat is if I'm gonna be buying I'm buying for the long haul I'm buying stuff that I don't really care where the value goes as long as I know that there's significant cash flow there um, and I I like my economics in my market that's not my advice to anyone that's just what I do and I thought I'd share that with you Um, today's episode is going to be absolutely awesome I've got Investor Girl, Brit, Instagram phenom that is doing her own renovations in her own houses. She started at 18, she does everything herself. She buys houses in Saskatchewan, Canada and renovates them. She's bought houses for $25,000, $28,000, $40,000, legitimately stuff you could buy on a credit card. And she's buying them, renovating them, and some of them don't even have mortgages and they just cash flow for her. Uh, She's managed to acquire 13 doors so far and she's become independently wealthy in that she does not need to work anymore. Now this is all a passion project. She loves to document her work and if you haven't already, I'd highly recommend that you check her out on Instagram at Investor InvestorGirlBrit. I've also included a link to that in the show notes of this episode. Without further ado, I'm going to just take you right into today's episode, episode number 62 with InvestorGirlBrit. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Brittany Arneson, that right
1: you said it right good job
0: (laughs) Uh, also known as investor girl brit Mm -hmm. more more popularly known that way on instagram Mm -hmm. so uh you're absolutely crushing it and i really appreciate you taking the time to be here
1: well thank you i'm excited to be here
0: yeah so if you don't mind because there's going to be people who haven't heard of you haven't yet seen you on instagram somehow Uh, somehow. how is that uh,
1: possible (laughs) how is that
0: possible um tell us a little bit about you the investor um, you the instagram sensation and uh, all of the above
1: well yeah so i got started really young like i was just a kid and my mom owned rental properties so i was like painting walls and doing all this work free labor for her so it was a pretty good deal
0: <laughs> yeah how old were you when that was going on
1: i, I was like eight i was like pretty young so like, your
0: mom was a full-out real estate investor
1: yeah she was she like kind of got started she' was actually just looking around in our town like who's like the wealthy people around here and everyone she just noticed everyone had real estate so she's like i'm just gonna do this myself and everyone was against her hey like it was just it's i feel so lucky because i have the support from my family and then also like instagram and the internet and it's it's so awesome but for her like at that time it was just like pretty much everyone against her so she had pretty much no support
0: and where were you living at that time
1: that was canmore alberta
0: Kenmore. Okay, so I've had people crying out for a Western, Um, uh, Western guest. So now we finally got it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you're in Kenmore, eight years old. You're already seeing your mom invest in real estate. Yeah. Did you decide that you were going to be a real estate investor at that young of an age
1: um, I always wanted to own property that was always in the back of my mind my mom wasn't great with like explaining like the reasons why she was just like she's a doer and she's just like I'm just gonna do it and see how it goes and then but for me I just I always wanted something to bring me that. Passive income, and I could see that Mm -hmm. in her property. So I'm like,
0: at eight years old. Well, I don't know about eight.
1: Maybe like in high school. That's when I really started to think about it. But my whole background, like, it's kind of crazy too because my whole story of how I got money to buy my first property, I was actually six years old, and we were at this office Christmas party, and everyone at the party got really bad food poisoning from undercooked turkeys. So kind of disgusting story. But then the insurance payout, I always knew I had that in my bank account 15 grand
0: 15 grand yeah
1: so i'm like and i have to enough. spend this somehow <laughs> yeah in saskatchewan it is
0: <laughs> so you uh, yeah so so we haven't said that yet you're in mm-hmm. saskatchewan and in your investing mm-hmm. career uh what brought you there
1: Well, I guess so. I have my parents are both from Saskatchewan. Okay. So I have family in like the smaller communities in Saskatchewan. And I'm like, well, I only have like a small amount of money um, to spend on a property. I didn't really know where else to go, but I did know that there's cheap properties in Saskatchewan. So I'm like, okay. It made sense because Alberta and where I was living in the 90s, it was really cheap originally in Canmore. It was like super cheap to buy property. But then, like, when I was growing up, it's over a million dollars a house. It's just, just oh, insane
0: man you should have brought some lots of property there I, know, I, I love canmore <laughs> it's, it's such a beautiful place. oh yeah and you're like what 10 20 minutes to sunshine mm-hmm. uh, yeah you no
1: know, I grew up snowboarding I was so lucky
0: <laughs> oh yeah I, I've been dreaming of going back out there I was there last year oh, yeah. uh skiing oh, I miss it but uh yeah so that's that's awesome too bad you didn't buy there but anyways yeah. you' you're in Saskatoon now yeah Okay. And uh, in all the smaller communities around there. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And you are buying properties on a credit card because (laughs) they are so cheap. So cheap. Tell me a couple of the recent numbers of uh, purchase prices.
1: Uh, purchase prices. So last one was 38000 mm-hmm. and it's an awesome property. It has a huge double car garage. So it was built in 2014 and then the house itself. And it's a beautiful like old house with lots of character. So it's a really fun one. And then like I'm renting garage for $250 a month and then the house is 950 a month. So. It's like crazy oh cash my God.
0: flow. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get into some of those <laughs> those case studies, but just the I mean the idea like you legitimately mm-hmm. could buy. You could take a cash advance out on a credit card. Yeah. And I think I heard you speak last night and you were mm-hmm. saying like yeah. twenty eight thousand you had bought a property. Yeah,
1: twenty eight thousand, forty thousand, twenty five thousand. It's pretty cheap.
0: And when did you start buying what was your first purchase?
1: First purchase, so that was when I was 18. So my first purchase was $25,000 for a property. So uh, I kind of got almost lucky because... I knew the rent. It just made sense to me, even at that age. And I have family in these towns too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I felt kind of comfortable. And then I saw my mom doing it. So I'm like, I can do this too. It'll be fine. And yeah. I was lucky with my first renter too because they're just, they stayed for, I think, six years. And then he was just like, I'll fix this. I'll fix that. And just always paid rent. I'm like, the landlording so easy.
0: <laughs> yeah if you have a good tenant, they can make experience. it seem seem easy well that's yeah hey I didn't have it that way but
1: uh <laughs> it doesn't often start out that way
0: mine was just like four or five straight nightmares oh, uh no. and then finally after I learned hey I'm gonna have to be a better landlord um okay so the first one was that in Saskatoon as well
1: it was outside so like four hours out of Saskatoon
0: my goodness, how do you mm. feel comfortable? Let's let's talk economics, because yeah. uh, I know your cash flow is going to be great. We'll get into that. But economics is, a, is such a huge thing for me. Like, I look at cities. Mm. All of my stuff is in London, Ontario, where... Yeah we've got a diversity of industries, corporate Mm. head offices, we've got healthcare, we've got Mm. education, big time. Yeah. Um, I feel really well hedged in that community. Mm. But I'm curious what you see in Saskatchewan. I mean, Mm. I think Saskatchewan's probably better than Alberta in terms of diverse Mm. industry. Yeah. But what do you see?
1: Well, exactly. I do look for the diverse industry. And like, you don't want to rely, there's some towns that you can make awesome cash flow because there's like Mm -hmm. a potash mine or something like that that's like feeding the town and there's so many people looking to rent and you could get crazy rent but then you're relying on that one mine and then if that shuts down then all of a sudden you have no tenants so i look for towns that have the diverse like Mm -hmm. there's railroads there's potash agriculture like there's a lot of different industry that brings people in
0: yeah give me an example like what's what's one of the towns i think you had an example in humboldt is that a smaller town yeah
1: Humboldt is about an hour outside of Saskatoon. Okay. So, it's about 6,000 people. Okay. And so, I mean, I have one property in Humboldt, and then there's some in Melville and they have like a hub for the CN railroad. So, I have a lot of tenants okay. in and out for the railroad and and, and I don't know cuz I'm buying them so cheap. I'm like they're paid off in 2 years. I always look at the worst-case scenario, too. Like, if all of a sudden I lose, like the, I don't know, potash mine disappears and then all of a sudden I can't get as much rent, I'm like, well, I'm still making money either way so i'm and I, it's paid off in two, a few years
0: now when you say paid off like do you pay back your mortgage faster
1: mm, well i don't have mortgages on all of them like some of some them, of are, them just are just free and clear. <laughs> well because you can't even get mortgage that's the downside to it too yeah. because you can't get mortgages all the time on these really cheap properties so yeah. i mean i want to do a portfolio loan because i have yeah. now five free and clear and they're just making tons of cash flow and then okay. but i want to be able to leverage them as well
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess your your true worst case scenario is Mm -hmm. is you may actually like in a worst and this is speaking from experience. So in Ohio, when I was invested down there, I actually had a house that got destroyed. And when I was trying to get rid of it, I was told by my property manager that I would probably have to pay to tear it down and then give it back to the city. Wow. That's that that was sort of like the worst case. Now, Canada is so much better than than some of those markets in general, just because we have a lot more immigration in general, people are coming to our cities that exist already. So yeah. you're kind of a little hedged that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but you've got so you've got yourself a good position where there's a, a pretty steady population. Like, do you look at that? Are you looking, hey, over the last 30, 40 years, the population has been stagnant or growing? Like, what's okay to you? What's not?
1: Well, it is very stagnant, and that's the thing. Like, it hasn't been growing, but it's been just stable, Mm -hmm. you know? So, it's not shrinking
0: either? It's just more or less the same?
1: Yeah, pretty much. The the towns that I invest in, like, it's been really stable. There's some towns that are just, like, diminishing, Mm -hmm. kind of going to nothing, because there's not a lot around to feed it and most people are moving to the city but you know i try to look for for towns that will have more industry to at least support like what i'm but the good thing too is lots of people are transient in these towns they're like working at a mine or working at the railroad or something but they don't want to buy a property so it allows the house prices to be so low because they don't want to buy they don't know if they're going to be staying for a long time or not
0: I love that. Those are the best kind of tenants because then they can leave and you can increase the rent maybe one day. Although I know know you're not really concerned. (laughs) You're not concerned to increase rent.
1: Not as much as you guys are here. And I know the rules are a little bit different here, but.
0: Very, yeah. I guess they don't need the rules there because no one's really increasing rent. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um,
0: You know what I love to do? Like I look at at a town and I, I, I try and think like, will this be here in 100 years like mm-hmm. what what reason do i have it It would be or yeah. wouldn't be like when you said the railway comes through i mean that to me is, is mm-hmm. huge because the railway's been around for like 150 right. 200 years yeah it's not going anywhere tomorrow. Yeah, I look at universities and colleges usually the same way. As mm-hmm. long as it's really diverse, like yeah. it's got like a whole bunch of different programs. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a an Ivy League school, odds are it's still going to be there yeah, in, a, exactly. in a few years. Um, so potash, I'm actually not even familiar with potash. That's yeah. for steel production, right?
1: No, it's actually fertilizer. <laughs> so, oh, not so in I house. was way yeah. off.
0: Uh, <laughs> no one knows what it is. I should type. probably
1: explain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And you're in like the the bread basket, right? Uh They call it. So it's all, you know, farmers and wheat fields and all that. Exactly. Uh, So you've always got that. The Mm -hmm. land's there. So there's always going to be people coming maybe for farming support.
1: Yeah. exactly. Uh, so
0: potash production. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. If you know,
1: I don't know, you don't know. Okay. So,
0: so basically fertilizer production. So you got that mm-hmm. out there. I mean, you got no, uh, no shortage of land.
1: No, exactly.
0: Do you know of anything else going on out, out, out sorry, going on out in Saskatoon or, or Saskatchewan in general?
1: Well, it's like the number one tech hub, I guess, in Saskatoon, which I also don't know that much about, but it's like crazy. Like the technology coming out of Saskatoon and, and, I don't know. It's so, it is interesting. It's like kind of random because you would think of it as just like agriculture and more of that type of industry. But like, yeah, there's okay. actually a huge tech community. And but that's the reason, too, I like to invest in Saskatoon and kind of the bigger centers yeah. as well, because I want to diversify my portfolio. Right. I don't want to just put all my eggs in one basket in a small town like I want to be able to have other assets that are going to appreciate more in value, too. Cause I know right. like the small towns, they're not going to go up crazy. No. Like we can force appreciate it because, and we buy them so cheap because people are just looking to get rid of their places. So we could buy them super cheap, appreciate it. Like that one for 20, 28,000, I think will be close to, close to a hundred thousand after we put the renovation in. And really yeah. we only spent like 10,000 on the renovation. So
0: that is just insane.
1: And it's just <laughs> like forced through sweat equity. Cause I do a lot of my own work. So it's, that's yeah, the benefit.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And we're going to get to that in a yeah. second. So yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more diversifying. One of the things I love about the idea of investing in Saskatchewan is it, it never had any artificial high. Like I kind of consider what happened in Alberta almost an artificial high because it was so propped up by oil
1: so true
0: uh now and now where does that leave it right Mm because oil is not doing nearly as well whereas you didn't have that right so you've had that more stagnant growth Uh, Mm -hmm. i think manitoba is fairly similar but they're probably a little higher priced i think yeah um yeah winnipeg is now sexy so so now (laughs) we're waiting on saskatchewan to get there there, there but (laughs) um okay so so why don't you tell us a little bit about the work you do on the houses mm-hmm. uh, because that's something we can dive into and for those who don't know Britt shares her her work on instagram and it's it's become very popular uh so let's i'll let you tell the story
1: yeah so i guess i really got involved with my mom because she she didn't have money to pay trades people so it was like just me and my brother like helping her out when we were younger so i mean at the time i probably didn't love it so much i think it was fun for me a little bit but i'm also like oh i don't know i really really started loving it when when it was on my own places and you kind of I don't know it's just I think my background it was what I knew I felt comfortable in it and I was always kind of mm-hmm. creative so in high school I loved art class and I love photography and videos and that's how I got my Instagram involved too but like just being able to take a really ugly rundown property and turn it into something like cool and a nice place for someone to live it is just so rewarding for me and it really is yeah. my favorite part about it.
0: I love that too. Yeah. Just creating something really nice at the end and then Mm. having the tenants walk in and be like, Whoa, that's so amazing or you know, have it be better than everything else they've seen. Yeah. I love it when they say, Hey, we saw so many places. Yours was the one that Mm -hmm. we just we felt like it was home. Yeah. I hear that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and your stuff is is really really nice like it looks like you uh you spent some time on pinterest yeah
1: http <laughs> uh, <laughs> pinterest
0: yeah so you're doing your research too you're not just doing the work like the, there's i can tell there's a lot of thought in the designs like that backsplash you showed um the other like you showed one last night that i thought was uh, very cool yeah yeah. And yeah those are cheap to do why yeah. don't you tell us i mean because the numbers you were throwing out are insane mm-hmm. like i'm renovating houses and putting in like 200 grand yeah <laughs> <laughs> And you are not. So um, walk me through a recent deal,
1: a recent deal. So the one we bought for, I guess, a small town deal. So we bought it for 38,000. We put about 25,000 into it, which is a lot because we had to redo the roof, get a new furnace. So those were kind of like the higher cost. I mean, and then a
0: full cosmetic round too.
1: Cosmetic. So this place was interesting too because it was um, the old owners had a fireplace or I don't even know. I think it was a stove, wood burning stove, and they just didn't vent it, so they just let it burn and burn, and the the walls and everything was covered in black soot. So like it looked terrifying when you walk through which is why we got it so cheap i think but it was just everything was covered in black like it looked pretty scary but then we were able it was really cosmetic like you just had i wash i actually hired someone i'm trying my best to like hire out things like a little more now so i can scale but i mean hired out someone to clean the walls and it didn't cost that much and then no yeah so i mean we did a huge cosmetic reno on it and totally turned it around and inside and out yeah
0: did you get on the roof and do the shingles too
1: I have done, shing- I actually love shingle <laughs>
0: roofing. like roofing?
1: It's uh, fun.
0: I've got myself into trouble with roofing. Yeah. <laughs> I, so when I was a kid, like I was nine, I think nine turned, no, 10, I turned 10. Yeah. My parents built a house and oh, they actually really? let me help oh, shingle. So I have a similar story. So oh, I knew it was cool. possible. My dad mm-hmm. was a school teacher, but he built two of his own houses oh, in the summers. Yeah. Uh, just for our family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I figured, hey, if he could do it. You know, I, I could probably get into some of this rental stuff. I was never really, I had never had a reason to be good with tools though. Like, I mean, I, I did help out on my first, like, like kind of uh, more significant reno.
1: Okay.
0: And I slept in the house. I actually, there I you gave go. you a shout <laughs> out when I was doing my presentation last night. Oh, did you? Yeah. No yeah. No I'm like, you'd be proud.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm very proud.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I, I think that, uh, that it's really cool that you're able to do it so cheap. Mm-hmm. And, and when you control the whole thing yourself, sure, it goes a little slower, but each yeah. deal you do is so much more profitable.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So
0: let's keep going through this one and then we'll get some context on, on what you've got going as a whole. So you were all in there after reno. Yeah, uh, for 63,000. Yeah. And what work did you do? Like, are you done this project?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's done. Just done. OK, I'm going to have to start posting about it on Instagram. So. Yeah, but I hashtag all my I properties. So if you go on Instagram, it's hashtag smoke show and then a little House. Yeah. <laughs> so like a little emoji. But then it kinda organizes them. So you could kinda oh, go through it. Okay, like, so you can just see see search the, st- the
0: hashtags. Step. Yeah. That's really smart. Yeah. And you don't even really need to go to your profile. You can just you yeah, can just exactly. search your search it in general. Yeah. Okay, so you were doing cosmetics, you cleaned up the walls, probably yeah. ripped out all the existing floors, put new ones in.
1: Well, there's original hardwoods on the main floor. Okay, so, so you those, yeah. I didn't refinish them. They're actually in pretty decent condition, which oh, was okay. really nice. Yeah, <laughs> It that's was a weird, fuss. like, I don't know, some stuff was in really good condition. Even the, the baseboards were never painted, which sometimes like, you know how it is, someone will paint a baseboard or door a hundred times and it just looks like garbage. But right. like these are, there's a lot of original, like they were all just dirty and gross, but it was really Really, you just had to clean it and then i did paint the baseboards in the doors you did but end up
0: painting them yeah, yeah i did a
1: good job so nice <laughs> i don't job. have to deal with it
0: but it's so different when, yeah. when it's your place you're obviously going to uh-huh. just take care of it and, yeah. and you're not planning to sell these that's never the intent it's mm-hmm. it's always to keep them yeah okay. i've never
1: sold a property yet
0: oh beautiful and how many yeah. are you at now 13 13 properties yeah. and yeah. any of those duplexes or just
1: well that includes so i guess sorry it's 13 units because okay. some of those are up down duplexes Okay. yeah so thirteen so units altogether.
0: together. Is approximately like six, seven, eight properties, uh, something like that. So
1: we would be at nine. Okay. Ten properties.
0: Ten yeah. properties. Yeah. Awesome. And three
1: basement suites.
0: Okay, and that there was enough enough cash flow for you uh, mm-hmm. to quit your job, which mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get to. Uh, just don't want to get off track on this property. So yeah. when you were done, what did you rent this property for?
1: Um. So this one was the one with the garage. So two fifty for the garage and nine fifty for the house. So we rented them separately.
0: Wow, okay, so that's that's pretty uh, sweet. So you're looking mm-hmm. at $1,200 a month total. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you have a mortgage? No. No mortgage, so, so you're just straight up cash this is a
1: personal line of credit. Okay, so, so, you're so you're you do have interest. interest.
0: So you've got interest on 60, $63,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna affect your cash flow a bit. Mm-hmm. What is your cash flow after paying that payment?
1: Oh, now I have to look. Mm, Ballpark. After, yeah so i think this one's so new like we just rented it uh this month so now i'm trying to remember what our actual payments on the and the line of credit is weird too because when i do my numbers because it's paid down so quickly right because you're paying two percent of the balance oh
0: it requires you to pay two percent of balance oh my god that's a that's a bookkeeping nightmare
1: (laughs) i know (laughs) but my dad's an accountant so i'm so lucky (laughs) he like just deals with that so i think this one we probably will be getting like with the interest mm, i wish i had like a more yeah. solid number um but we'll probably at least 600
0: yeah okay cash flow so say 600 least. conservative yeah and then appreciation you're probably maybe more in the uh one percent range (laughs) it's not much (laughs) so you're at sixty-three thousand to start and maybe we'll call it uh 0.01 so another 630 bucks a year for uh for appreciation Mm -hmm. i just like to see how the numbers look from from province to province like what what does it look like versus ontario i mean we don't get the cash flow here but we do get the appreciation exactly and the pay down yeah and you're also paying down your your mortgage here so i'll just i'll call it mortgage pay down yeah even though it's not um, Mm. technically a mortgage, but yeah. you're probably paying off, what well, you said 2%. So we'll just call 2% repayment on yeah. the uh, 63,000 mm-hmm. times 0. 0.02. So in a year, you'll probably pay off about 1260 on that. And uh, let's sum up all this, oops, got my spreadsheet going. So about $9,000 return in the first year. Yeah. And if your investment is zero, <laughs> so your return on investment is infinite because yeah. you're borrowing the money. Now, of course, you're probably going to want to get a mortgage on there.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, like we want to get it stable like that. Rental Mm -hmm. income is really important. So we want to have our leases in place and then the bank will want to Mm -hmm. finance us. So and then we'll pay off that line of credit and then it's cheaper interest. So you
0: just keep recycling the money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of your working capital. And then Mm -hmm. you'll go back with when the rents are stable. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that in the next few months for you? Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned a portfolio loan, which I think is super, super important Mm -hmm. as a strategy because a lot of people don't realize they can do this and then they go rush to find a JV partner. Exactly. When you really could talk to your commercial lending Mm -hmm. department and get them to lend on multiple properties at once. So tell us a little bit about the problem with cheap properties Mm -hmm. and financing them and what you've come up with as a solution.
1: So I guess like when I first started, I was like trying so hard because I was trying to buy a $40,000 property and I just... Could not get financing. No, but I talked to so many different people and I was like, someone's going to give me something. I know it. So I just kept going, kept asking. And then one, um, I think it was a BMO... A representative but he gave me a personal line of credit so that's originally how i came across that personal line of credit oops sorry so he's like i can't give you a mortgage but i'll give you this line of credit and then he said he'd give me fifty i i'm like can we up that a little bit like oh, let's really? see what and then i'm like i might have to do renovations this and that and he's like okay let's do seventy-five thousand. and i'm like yes because
0: <laughs> that is insane mm-hmm. and and so he so- just gave it to you Like you were working in your mm-hmm. job at the time
1: yeah so i but, but right. i just started and it was a temporary position so was my power engineering job that lasted six months and then I never went back yeah it was fun like it was good so I got that line of credit and then I got a mortgage on another property so I'm like this is the best yeah. thing
0: now you're rocking and rolling yeah
1: so yeah. that line of credit has saved me though it's been so handy
0: that banker must have really liked you I know uh, or maybe they do things differently in Saskatchewan well, it's
1: just I know and it's so weird because so many people denied me before him so it's like you never know what you're going to Get if you just keep asking questions.
0: That's true. Keep trying, keep asking. Yeah. Uh, talk to a lot of investors because somebody mm-hmm. did it, right? Yeah. If I talk to you and now you said, you told me the story, now I'm going to do things differently and I'll probably be more persistent next time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, so you're having trouble there. Uh, now you've kind of learned that you can do what's called this portfolio loan. Some mm-hmm. people refer to it that way. Um, so you'd work with commercial lending
1: mm.
0: and you would be putting a mortgage on all five of them?
1: That's what I want to do. So okay. I haven't gone that far yet because I actually haven't needed the mm-hmm. the to leverage them at this point. I was like, I liked the extra cash flow. So, but now yeah. I want to get into bigger deals. So I, I can't wait to leverage those mm-hmm. five. So I'm like kind of in the beginning stages of it. I haven't right. actually like looked super far into it, but I know it's possible. So
0: yeah, definitely possible. And I'm sort of at that same point yeah. where, so I, you know, with residential, eventually they start saying no, yeah. uh, in what I've noticed is some of the challenges because our rents aren't really comparable to our property values here. Mm-hmm. So we're getting challenges with debt coverage,
1: yeah. uh,
0: that you're still gonna, I would still have a problem with that if I'm financing it commercially, cause you have to qualify. But when I work with the residential banks, they don't consider my student rental income.
1: Oh, they only weird. consider
0: like market rent for a family. Oh, really? But students pay more. Yeah, so of course. If you work on the commercial side, they're more flexible with that stuff, yeah. and they So I know that's a, a solution. And then you're unlimited, right? You can buy mm-hmm. as many properties as you want. Yeah. Um, are you thinking? Are you thinking about buying like more multifamilies now? Is that your next direction?
1: Yeah, that was like because I do love like the renovation and side to it. So like. Uh, That's what I've been putting offers in on. I put probably five offers in on multifamily properties, so apartment buildings and whatever. Actual apartment
0: buildings? How many units?
1: Uh, Well, one that I was really, really excited about was 23 units. It had commercial space on the bottom as well, but it didn't end up, it was funny because he walked us around and we're like, this place is perfect. Like the numbers make sense. Everything is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he showed us six of the units upstairs and it was an old bank. So it was a really cool building, really solid. Mm -hmm. And then he showed us around six units and they all looked pretty decent, like needed a little bit of work, but nothing crazy. So we put the offer in, it was accepted. Then we went through due diligence and kind of just uh he took us through the rest of the the units and they ended up being like disasters and like no windows in the bedrooms and just like so many like actually scary problems that were liability issues and just electrical everywhere and so the ones he showed us were great but then the rest of them were
0: oh so you bailed on the deal
1: yeah so we're like no this isn't gonna work but what
0: was he asking for it
1: uh 1.3 million
0: one point three million in Saskatchewan, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of units, but that's a big commitment yeah. too.
1: And the apartment, I don't know the market in Saskatoon. It's been it's weird. Like they're being listed at like four cap rate. Like it's Are you kidding? Four point five, I remember looking at one. I mean, that was kinda of crazy. That's Ontario like, pricing. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I'm like, what? But people are buying them and I'm like
0: To fix up. So a rough condition well, place.
1: Not, not really. Like they're So kind like a of finished more, building they
0: want a, a four cap on? Yeah, some it's
1: not i mean they need a little bit of work but yeah i mean i'm looking for value add i want to put add as much value. that's my strategy and that's what i do and i want to put the work in to increase that value but like i don't know there's only so much you could do to raise rents in some situations
0: so in that situation you look at that building and you're like well six units are right off and Mm -hmm. the ones that are okay were they ones that you could add Uh value to
1: i mean it was just that one got to the point where i mean that one was a a better cap that was like an eight cap right so that one was looked good originally Uh, but i mean it was so we would have to put way too much money into the renovation and i don't know it just it was so much of a mess like it was just it was a disaster because it was just kind of like patched together it was a bank and then it was whatever Mm kind of different change of use and then it was like some sort of doctor's office and there's it was just such a weird building we didn't really want to take it on
0: yeah it would have been a lot to to bite off
1: and then at the end of the day like it was just too much money on purchase to make it worth it
0: well yeah that's the other question right Mm because that's you're gonna need probably at least 35 percent down on something like that in the condition it's in Mm -hmm. Uh, would you have been financing it privately or would you have had a joint venture partner, or did you have all that cash saved up from all your cash flow? No. Over the, over <laughs> Not the <years>? quite yet.
1: <laughs> no, we would have done um, uh, private money. Okay, for the so down payment at least. So you
0: just put down <gasps> the deposit. You're mm-hmm. doing your due diligence. You would have figured out if you're going to move it, and then yeah, yeah,
1: didn't end up going through. But yeah, um, oh, now I forget what it was. Continue. i to well, ask you. Yeah,
0: I wanted to ask you. So, so assuming you proceeded, you used the private money. Of course, you've got a pretty heavy burn on that. Yeah. So the the, the plan would have been go in, renovate a unit by unit, and then rent it out. Yeah. Were they vacant at the time?
1: A few of them, but most of them were full.
0: So you would have started with the vacant ones, filled them up. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then
0: once those were done, you would go to the ones that are occupied and and evict the tenants so that you could rent or renovate?
1: Some of them. Like if it was really low rent, then we'd kind of start with that and go from there. Okay. But then there's other ways. Like there is a lot of, I wanted to do like storage in the basement. There's like so much space. Mm -hmm. and. And laundry, there's only one laundry, I think, and just free laundry. So I wanted to to put laundry in there for a little extra income and then storage. And I don't know. There's a few value-add ideas that I did really like.
0: Okay. So that's kind of where where your head's at. If Mm -hmm. you find another building, you'll, you'll want to do that.
1: That's kind of what I'm looking for.
0: Now, a really mature building in Saskatoon that's had tenants in it for like 10, 15 years in one unit. Hmm. how far out is their market rent like how how far is it from like they're paying 800 or or I don't know like 500 would the rent now be 800
1: yeah I mean it is but it's weird because it like I feel like it did peak and then everyone kind of a lot of these investors who own the apartment buildings they did kind of the burst strategy and they Mm -hmm. they raised rents pulled their money out and then those raised rents are kind of like it's been pretty stable and they built a ton of condos in saskatoon and so they really overbuilt on them and now there's so much available that rents are like kind of like going down so it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's like kind of scary and you don't really which is why i kind of like the smaller places because the purchase price is just so much cheaper but the apartments in saskatoon it's just like the sellers want so much because they already took yeah. their money out however many years ago. And then, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. So I've been really trying, I'm trying to like contact, um, not sell it, owners directly. So that's kind of been my other strategy, just cold calling, trying to like not go for the listed properties cause they're way too expensive for what I want to do. So
0: in Saskatoon when you're trying to find and this, these are even the individuals or are, are you talking multi still?
1: Maltese, okay. but i've also been looking into self-storage i'm just kind of like figuring you dabbling out. yeah i'm dabbling you know because the apartments is it sounds really fun to me and i'm really excited about it because i can see a lot of potential in some of the buildings but i mean from what i've seen and the offers i put in it hasn't really made a lot of sense but i'm gonna keep trying like it's just it's like it's different because it's a new learning curve right
0: absolutely yeah and i i, I can feel your pain there because <laughs> i was doing so much in london buying you know i had Probably in one year, I probably bought like seven or eight properties, which was a lot for me. Yeah. Um, And I eventually slowed down, and in the last year, I actually haven't bought anything. Yeah. And it's I just really haven't liked what the market's done. Like the rents weren't there to justify. Yeah. So I didn't really feel like just doing a deal for the sake of doing a deal, right? It's got to make sense. Yeah. And I guess I've learned to be uncompromising because I've been irresponsible and reckless in the past, and, and know what that gets me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So have you had a bad deal?
1: I feel like I've been really lucky. <laughs> like <laughs> Honestly, I've had nothing. Like my worst story is that one of my tenants ruined my floors because they had a bunch of pets I didn't know about. And I just did the renovations. I just put the floors down and then they came in and rented for six months or something and then ruined all the floors and I had to redo it. It's not a big deal. So redoing <laughs> it,
0: you had like vinyl plank or a I, laminate?
1: Yeah, laminate. And so, and that was like the worst. And at the time though, I was like, oh, that sucks. I was like so upset, but now it's, that's not a big deal. But like, really I haven't, everything's been cash flowing. I haven't had like any, yeah. I haven't lost money. That's no, the, nothing
0: major, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, do you build up a base per property? Like, like, tell me about your operations. Do you have like one operating account that you're using for all your properties, or do you have a, an account for every property? And, and what kind of cash reserve do you like to have available in case something happens at a property?
1: Well, I mean, the more cash, the better. But like, we do have. So, my partner Scott, I have a business partner, and he has a personal line of credit also for sixty-five thousand. So, we like to keep that totally open and for a reserve, and then just our actual bank account with cash in it yeah as well but that's been so hard for me because i am like in it i love to be on site and do renovations and then when it comes to the computer stuff and banking bookkeeping i did my bookkeeping for a long time too and i just i hate that (laughs) so now
0: your dad does it (laughs) no
1: no, my dad does does the accounting still but i do have a bookkeeper now which has Mm -hmm. been really nice but we do have like everything in one business bank account So everything's in a corp, and and that's oh, so it all runs
0: through your corp. Is mm -hmm. your corp own all all your properties? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so you right from the beginning you were doing it that way. Yeah. Wow, that's smart.
1: Yeah. Well, not I guess not right from the beginning because I did move some. So it is nice when you could set it up as soon as possible because Mm -hmm. like you obviously have to pay the tax if you're transferring title from your personal name to the company. So we've done that, but it's our properties are so cheap that it's like it's not that big of a deal. Even
0: paying the tax is no big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. So we have moved. Of
1: like a few but yeah i'm
0: looking at it on mine and like like looking at moving mm-hmm. almost what like 3.2 million dollars of property uh, into a corp yeah and uh that would yeah that wouldn't be cheap that'd be mm. hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. so yeah not so interested in doing yeah. that but it does change the dynamic of yeah. what i can do commercially exactly. uh, financing down mm-hmm. the road
1: and that's kind of been our strategy too. Like, it'll just look better. Like, now it's hard because we're putting, s- taking so much out and putting it into renovations. But like, eventually we're going to have like a mm-hmm. really solid cash flow coming in. So,
0: do you find that, well, first off, like, do you mind sharing your ballpark cash flow across your portfolio?
1: Well, so cash flow income is around 8,000. Okay. Yeah. So it's good. Like, it yeah. will get better too once we pay off, right? Our- and-
0: and that's something you, you can live off of comfortably out there I, yeah. I would assume i
1: know i could live really cheap i'm like the most frugal person ever so. seriously
0: yeah it's okay ridiculous. So, so how much do you need to be able to like get oh, by a couple like, thousand bucks yeah nothing <laughs> <laughs> live in the van right yeah, I live in yeah. the van tell the story of daily life for you
1: uh, well honestly so we'll we'll buy a property sometimes four hours away so my partner scott is a carpenter and he lives in saskatoon so he's working full time so i'll go out and move to the property i'll move in and live there pretty much until the renovation is done so i just like wake it's great i love it no commute just wake up and get to work wake up and start (laughs) working (laughs) (laughs) pretty much that's what it looks like but that's what I like. It's like it's fun.
0: My first rental, oh, that's what I did. I slept yeah. in the property even even in in a room where there was no drywall and no vapor barrier. I woke up with the morning dew on my face one one time. That's
1: hilarious. And
0: right? uh and then I would pack up and I'd have the workers arrive outside. i hear it. I'm like, Oh crap, I can't be in bed. So I'm like fold up my bed and like run outside. Oh hey guys. Yeah.
1: I totally wasn't sleeping here. <laughs> Throw the
0: bed I had an air mattress and I threw it in the shed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh Yeah. It's funny. The things you do when you're kind of Mm -hmm. determined.
1: Exactly. But It
0: gets cold in Saskatoon. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you do occasionally sleep in the van. Yeah. You're not really doing that uh, in the winter. Are you?
1: Oh, I have. But it is freezing. How do
0: you do that? Just have a really warm sleeping bag?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Winter camping. People do. Right. That's determination.
0: (laughs) That's determination. So um, as far as like, what's the, the most intense renovation you've had to do?
1: Um so probably the last one we did in Saskatoon which is now an Airbnb property but we bought that one for 170,000 and I like it it's like an up and coming neighborhood just close to downtown mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the hipster area where there's like a lot of cool shops and everything but then it's kind of like a little ghetto too so it's like
0: That is the definition of hipster, is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's cool though because you can buy them still pretty cheap so that one I bought 170 I think we're all in Oh shoot! I should have got my numbers out, but um, it was appraised for three hundred fifty thousand. Okay. So, and then we put 74,000 into the renovation.
0: So that's a big run for you.
1: It was a big run up. Yeah. yeah.
0: Structural changes?
1: Um, Just taking down some wall. It actually was a pretty decent layout. So that's like one thing I do look for when I'm touring around these properties. Cause like if you're changing everything around, it gets to be a lot, especially when you're right. DIY. But like I took down the wall to the kitchen. It's like this tiny, like crappy kitchen. So I took down the wall and like made it this really open right. concept. And, and that was really nice, but yeah like otherwise the kept the bathroom the same it was it was small just took a closet out and it made such a huge difference and then the bedrooms like yeah
0: so just take out a a wall patch up where the wall was and and then you're good to go and then Mm -hmm. everything else is mostly cosmetic at that
1: point well well, are you doing
0: like plumbing you have you know like little changes to plumbing if you need to are you able to do that kind of thing
1: i've done a little bit of that i don't love plumbing though because if you screw that up like it yeah. really sucks because it you gotta causes have the proper so much.
0: fall and yeah p-traps and all that it
1: can cause a big big issue if you don't do it right so like i will usually leave plumbing and electrical i do like little like outlet changes and stuff like that for electrical yeah. but and change like fixtures and stuff but i don't like to play around with that too much either because yeah. i mean i try i'll do everything else but those are the yeah. two that i kind of like to so you'll Hire frame up. in a
0: wall, mm-hmm. put your toilets on, put your tubs yeah. in, t- tub surrounds, kitchen mm-hmm. cabinets, all that yeah. stuff. That's yeah. all cool.
1: Yeah. That no, it's wow. fun. That's, it's mind blowing.
0: Like it, it's so rare to find uh, like anyone at all that, uh, that does uh, DIY, like to the extent that you're doing it you know, add that, that, you know, you don't find many women doing it at all. So you're, you're probably an inspiration to a lot of people doing that.
1: I know. And I know how intimidating it is for women, like to get into construction and trades and all that. I was kind of always surrounded by it. And even when I did my power engineering, it was like me and one other girl. And then the rest of the class was all male. So it's like, I was kind of always around it and used to it. But for a lot of people, it is super intimidating. So that's why I love sharing it online too, Mm -hmm. because like they could see themselves doing it. And you know, it's possible because you don't see a lot of examples it's no not at all i think
0: probably a big reason why your instagram took off Mm -hmm. and you do a really nice job of doing the uh, time lapse videos yeah you got those down well you'll have to tell me uh, how you how you do those yeah no
1: Uh, it's fun and i I love to be an example for other women and like other people who do want to get into it because it's so overwhelming and one thing i did want to mention too because i do everything right and and it's great it's so overwhelming though if you are new like I would say I suggest like do something small so like Mm -hmm. get good at paint because when you walk into a whole renovation and you are not really experienced with it it's just too much it's too much to take on yeah it's overwhelming and I'm I'm sure you've felt like that before in the past and oh yeah yeah and it's just another learning curve but I think just like taking it in small chunks is probably the better way to wrap your head around it
0: and I might have been different about things. Like maybe I'd be in your position if I was living in Saskatoon. Yeah. And and I didn't have the burn of the finances. But I mean, any project I was in, we were in like yeah. multiple hundreds of dollars a day in, yeah. in carrying costs.
1: Exactly. So it's
0: not like you can take your leisurely time and yeah. get it done. And I knew if I was doing all the work, I was going to go slow. Yeah, for sure. So in your case, because you don't have that really expensive money in place, I think yeah. that that makes things different. But I was it starting does. from absolutely nothing you know trying to buy properties for over 200 grand when i didn't have anything <laughs> so you know private financing and push really hard and fast yeah.
1: no um, it makes it really tricky when you have that overhead and carrying oh, yeah. costs it's yeah, yeah, you got to move fast and that's yeah, a big thing
0: for me like when i i would go on site when people wouldn't show up i'm on the phone and i started to realize when i was starting to like frame a wall or do mm-hmm. anything like that i'm like wait a minute i'm like 10 times slower than anyone else at this exactly and and it's just, it got frustrating. So I'm like, I need to put the tools down and pick up my phone. So I would just go on site. I would stare at people, make sure they were working. Yeah, exactly. And I would just be on my phone all day calling people to come to site on that first one. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, after that experience, I started to build up some reliable contacts that would come back for me. And that it all kind of went from there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you want to scale, you have to do that. And that's what I've been struggling with too, because I'm so hands-on with everything. And that's like what I'm used to and what I'm comfortable with. But I want to scale and I can't do everything myself all the time. So I'm like in the face of like trying to hire more out. But at the same time, I enjoy it and I love sharing it online. So I will always want to be involved in it in some way. But I also want to be able to do multiple projects at once and not have to be doing everything myself.
0: What is the end game?
1: Oh, that's a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) It's always... So I really for me um my biggest motivation i guess is time freedom like and not to just sit around and do nothing because i'll always be doing something but just like have a comfortable amount of money i can like take like go on vacation and do something cool and like have my business running and growing as i'm away and like just try because i'm a huge backpacker like i love traveling and and all that fun stuff so i like I don't know that's always kind of what i envision but i'm always going to be a hard worker i don't think that's ever going to yeah. go away
0: well no one can just sit around I, maybe I some guess. people can i can't yeah. um, <laughs> I, can. I i want to always be doing something growing i think that's human nature you want to do something better i think i see that in you too like you've done this you're like okay well now how do i do bigger yeah. even though what you're doing is perfectly fine yeah. and you can just keep doing it
1: and i feel like that well that feeling never actually goes away <laughs> yeah
0: you'll like, always want to just keep upping it oh and
1: it's crazy yeah. like the more like the people that I've met recently going to these investor summits and everything, like high-level people. Mm-hmm. And then they're always looking for that next step too. And yeah. I'm like, I don't think this feeling's ever going to go away. So. No, I don't think
0: so. But I mean, if you had like a 20000 a month cash flow and your property manager could take care of things, yeah. do you have a property manager?
1: Not yet, no, but okay. I am looking into it.
0: <laughs> Hypothetical <laughs> so, yeah, property manager sticking yeah. over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you would go on vacation where? Where would you be going?
1: Oh, man, like that's a good question. I always just... I love, I've been to almost every continent now and I've been to 32 countries and I just like done a lot of backpacking in my early twenties and that's Mm. what I, so it's kind of funny because I took my passion obsession for like the traveling and now it's like kind of fallen more into real estate. So I'm like really involved in all my properties and everything and I haven't been able to get away so much, but I love like, I went to South Africa and did like safaris and I love that sort of stuff. I love being with animals and like, I love... I'm a thrill seeker too, so I like love the skydiving and bungee jumping. You did skydiving, and, uh, oh, shark wow. cage diving.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, so you've done a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So, like, I kind of want to incorporate both of those worlds.
0: So. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing to me the time freedom you have. Like you're you're doing all these projects. You don't need to be at this point you could make it work. You could yeah. just travel. I mean technically you're, you could retire now. Yeah.
1: And you could travel so cheap too. Okay. Like it doesn't cost a lot of money if you're going to Southeast Asia. Like you could live on yeah. I was paying a dollar a night for a hostel in Cambodia. Like $1 a night. So it's like you could live there cheaper than you could live in Canada and still be growing your business overseas yeah.
0: can so, you let my wife know
1: yeah <laughs> i'll tell her
0: you can travel I'll cheap t- yeah <laughs> she has not figured that out yet no. <laughs> <I'll teach her. laughs> we have to limit limit the travel yeah. yeah i would love that mm-hmm. um so i do have a few more things that i really think are um just good for context so one you finished your high school you went and did some post-secondary
1: uh yeah so I took a power engineering course so I took a bit of time off to kind of figure out what I wanted to do so I went that's when I did like some backpacking and traveling okay. so I was always a server and I had multiple serving jobs and which was awesome I love jobs that are like commission based and I could actually make money and tips if I work like really hard yeah, getting tables you do a good and, job. yeah do a good job so those are always those have always been my favorite jobs and so I always had like four serving jobs at a time just like hustling and mm-hmm. I always loved it and you can I don't know I think it's cool to be in the service industry too, because you learn how to talk to people and be personable. And I think that's helped me in my investment career too. Okay. Yeah. So I always did that. And then I took my power engineering course. So that was a six month course, okay. but I, I tried really hard to get good grades in high school too. So I actually got like, uh, um, my schooling paid for through. Oh okay.
0: So you had a scholarship. Scholarship, I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, So 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 you six months in the course and then six months on the job and you were done. And then I was done. (laughs) And then you're a full time real estate investor. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's inspiring. So Mm -hmm. at what age were you full time real estate investor?
1: Um so I would have been twenty five.
0: Okay. So if we all move to Sas- Saskatoon, we might be able to do it a little quicker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And it yeah. it has been such a huge benefit cuz yeah. like I have family in Saskatoon, but like it's not where I'm from. So like m- making the move out there was just huge for me cuz I was able to yeah. invest full time in real estate and kind of worked out.
0: It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So I want to shift gears a little bit into the social media side of things. Yeah. What is the best thing you've seen come of your active involvement on instagram or any other social
1: well social has been huge for me and i think like Oh man, I can't even believe the people I've been able to talk to and I just had like Scott McGillvary just pick me up from the airport and like we had coffee and like hung out and he's like been an idol of mine and and it's through Instagram like just yeah. being able to talk to these people and bigger pockets people like I ended up getting on the Bigger Pockets podcast which mm-hmm. has been awesome and it's just more contacts and I feel like when I do get to the point where I need to raise money like there's a lot of people that yeah. have kind of built a trust with me because they like have seen me work. They right. see me hustle every single day. And that's through Instagram stories and posts and everything. So it's like really been huge for me for leverage and credibility.
0: Oh, yeah, like yeah. I can imagine there's a lot of wallets ready to open <laughs> when uh, when the time comes, Yeah, when you figure that opportunity out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what um what do you do what is your approach with the haters because we all know that they come they, <laughs> they do <laughs> they do exist although I've been fortunate I mean I, I haven't oh, really I've seen much of much. it yeah I've stood up to them that's been my approach and I've challenged them and I've yeah. pretty much have a 100% they back down right yeah. but that's probably a waste of my energy so I'm curious what your or what your uh, yeah. your approaches
1: well i guess like i really haven't had a lot most people are amazing yes. super supportive yeah i've definitely had some pretty bad haters which is fine because yeah. it comes with it right like mm-hmm. you're putting yourself out there you can't expect everyone to love yeah. you right like there's going to be like back and forth and that's kind of what right. you want like it's not always going to be positive and that's mm-hmm. fine because actually some of it i do try to take as feedback even if it's like they're being rude and whatever like i tried to like right. use it to benefit me in some way if i can some of it's just straight like yeah r- ridiculous but it's funny because sometimes i will take a hater message and or comment i guess and share it to my story <laughs> i've done that before to call them out because yeah. it's just like so rude i'm like well you're putting this on my beach yeah so i'll put it on my and i it's it's a weird thing because And I kind of said I'd step away and not do that anymore, but it's actually insane the amount of messages that come through just of like support and like everyone's just so awesome. And and I don't know, like it's weird how much traction that kind of gets, but I think Mm -hmm. like just putting it out there too, because... In the beginning, that would have really upset me. It doesn't bother me at all anymore. But I think people who are starting to put themselves out there, like me in the beginning, that sort of thing would bother me, and i think about it for a week later. Like It would just really get in my head. But now it's like I want to be able to help people through that kind of beginning phase that I was at. So that's kind of a reason I share it, too. I'm like, you know what? This happens to everybody, and it's going to happen if you put yourself out there online. It's just...
0: Yeah, it it absolutely is. And I think, you know, the objective me when Mm -hmm. I can actually step back, you know, I'm not saying things don't occasionally irk me in the moment, Mm but um, if I can step back and say, well would a reasonable person have ever approached this this way if they had a problem with me like you know and it's usually more a reflection of them than it is is. uh, you know anything about you or i or anything like that absolutely so yeah
1: and it's the internet it's just it's the internet people (laughs) hide behind a keyboard they're really brave (laughs) my response is
0: usually very easy for you hiding behind a keyboard and a fake name to criticize (laughs) and that actually
1: is insane like the really bad comments that i've gotten i go to their page and they have like zero followers following zero and they're just straight up trolls. It's, like, trolls? it's like, well, I mean, maybe yeah. it's fun for them. They're like, this is hilarious, pissing people off. But yeah, you
0: know. not not worth yeah. spending too much time yeah. thinking about. And
1: they have yeah. a lot of time on their hands, obviously. So it's just kind uh, yeah. of. You
0: know. Yeah, not worth spending too much time <laughs> yeah. thinking about for, exactly. for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, just kind of some final thoughts regarding the renovations being somebody who just crushes renovations and, and crushes investing and understands both yeah. uh, where would you suggest you know somebody getting started or even somebody who's done a couple of renos and and maybe the numbers aren't working for them what are some things that you could suggest to them that they might be able to help make their numbers work
1: yeah I mean through renovations there are a lot of ways to cut costs down like if you could do your own flooring and maybe like the trim work like that's kind of an easy job and there's kind of room for error with flooring because it doesn't cost a lot if you screw up a cut on one piece of Mm -hmm. laminate flooring like it's one board up or you can use it in another spot so you can like i think that's a really great way to to start because there and you have like the the quarter inch gap around the perimeter so you have like that room um and where you would put the baseboard and it's like you kind of have a little bit of room there to like practice and then i don't know it's a great way to start and then painting and i love tiling and backsplashes Mm -hmm. but just like Two small projects at
0: so, yeah. once. So it's pick all- pick some little ones and then mm-hmm. kind of grow it if you feel like you're you're in line.
1: Yeah. And you can yeah. save so much money that way if you Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think you use like Ikea cabinets. Oh
1: yeah. So Ikea cabinets, um, that's our go-to for our rental properties. They actually are really cheap and they're not that hard to put together.
0: Once you know, right. Yeah. You get a system, right. Yeah, exactly. Everything's systems. It is. Yeah. And you
1: just, it's just a learning curve at first, but it saved me so much money in the end. And it really is fun. Like mm-hmm. after you kind of get through the, the initial phase of trying to learn how to do all that stuff, but yeah. subway tile shiplap, like I use a lot of that and they're super inexpensive, but it comes across really nice. And, Also, just using paint, like do a nice feature wall with paint, and that'll increase the value. And it costs you like fifty bucks a can of paint. So it's yeah, little things like that that do really make a big difference.
0: And those will help you rent them, right? Yeah, it stands out. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen your Insta posts, and oh, it doesn't look like you. you had to spend that much money, mm-hmm. but you made it look really nice. Yeah, exactly. Is there something you'd recommend people spend spend the money on, like w- one kind of area in the house, or
1: I think doing a really nice feature wall makes a big yeah. difference, and then a tile backsplash because yeah. a lot of rental properties might not have that, yeah. but it makes a huge impact, and it doesn't cost a lot of money.
0: I've always thought that too. Yeah, tile's so cheap, mm-hmm. but for some reason people just don't do it. I'm like, yeah, it protects your wall. Yeah, it looks good. It's beautiful. Just uh just do it. Okay, so yeah. Britt, if people want to uh, reach you, follow your story, um what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Probably Instagram is the best way to reach me, so at Investor girl Brit. So yeah, okay. that's where I spend So they can
0: send you a DM on there yeah. if they want to reach out. Exactly. Okay, perfect. And any other piece of wisdom you'd like to give to our viewers, listeners before we wrap up?
1: Well, I guess just like you're always going to have so many questions. I just remember at the beginning, I just had endless questions and I wanted to know all the answers. And I wanted someone to just like almost hold my hand and like, tell me what to do. But like, it really just is getting involved. And like, for me, it's just being hands on and getting in there and getting my hands dirty and figuring it out as I go along, because you're never going to have all the answers.
0: Yeah, so just sometimes you got to take action. Yeah,
1: just take action. I think that's the key to everything. It's just that's what you have to do.
0: Would you recommend people uh, research the Saskatchewan market? Yeah,
1: I think that's a good opportunity there.
0: <laughs> you kind of got me wanting to. It's yeah. just distance. I'm not a big distance investor, but I got to get over that. That's one of those things I got to yeah, get over.
1: Exactly. Awesome.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. This is really cool. And I'm sure my listeners and viewers are going to appreciate having somebody from a little bit further west in Canada talk about real estate.
1: Oh, it's fun talking to you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, we'll see you soon. Thanks for watching today's episode. Just a friendly reminder to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you smash the like and subscribe and notification bell. And also leave a comment. And hey, while you're at it, why not share this episode with some you think it could help. It helps this podcast grow and I would really appreciate it. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next episode.